you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Thankful to the Lord. Daniel chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, Daniel chapter 2. And uh, I'm going to look at verse number 31 from Daniel chapter 2. Now, a few moments ago when they were making announcements, I want to make sure that everyone is clear on a couple of things. I don't want you to miss this, and I'll say something about it again tonight. But Wednesday night, this coming Wednesday night, traditionally is our annual business meeting, but we have postpone our annual business meeting for one month. It will be the first Wednesday in the month of March. So we're going to move it until after the awakening this year. So I want to make sure you're clear on that. We will be having service here on Wednesday night. And then on Saturday, Saturday evening, our unity service begins at 5 p.m. Remember that, 5 p.m., very unusual time for us. Our unity service will begin at 5 p.m. And our communion service will begin at 6 p.m. And so we hope that you can come and be part. This is a very important part of our church and the preparation for what God is going to be doing. Amen. Daniel chapter 2. Verse number 31, Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image, this great image whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The image's head was of fine gold, and his breast, and his arms of silver, his belly, and his thighs of brass his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were iron and clay and brake them to pieces. Now, this is King Nebuchadnezzar's dream that he dreamed and then he forgot the dream. He no longer could remember. And Daniel 
comes and tells the king what he had dreamed, and he interpreted the dream. By the help of the Lord, I want to preach to you a little bit today on remember your dream. Remember your, how many of you have ever dreamed a dream? You woke up and remembered that you had dreamed a dream, but you could not for the life of you remember what the dream was. We need to remember our dream. Lord, do what only you can. Let your spirit speak where my vocabulary runs thin. When my inabilities run out and run weak, by your power and your might, do what only you can do. Minister to the needs of this congregation this morning, these good people that have come this morning to hear the word of God. I pray, Lord, that by the power of your spirit, there is a renewal and a refreshing and a restoration that comes to people in this house today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Turn to your neighbor, tell them, remember your dream, remember your dream, remember your dream. You can be seated. We like to use this term, the sports world, use it, the dream team. The first time I heard it, it was related to the Olympics when Michael Jordan was, and a whole group of people went to play in the Olympics, and they were called the dream team since it's been used by many different people. Any team that comes together, they tend to like to formulate. We've done it here at the church. I don't know this morning. Maybe we could just invite everybody in the house to join today and be part of the dream team. If I could do anything this morning, I want to inspire you to get on the dream team. I want to inspire the dream that you have had that maybe you have forgotten. Maybe you haven't just forgotten it, but maybe you put it on the shelf because the dream didn't come to pass as soon as you thought it should. Or maybe your dream needs a refocus. Maybe your dream is not God's dream. Maybe it was a dream built around selfish motivations. Maybe it was a dream built around personalities. Maybe it was a dream that was not going to take you where God wanted to take you. Or maybe, just maybe, you were dreaming beneath the level that God really wanted you to dream. Maybe God wants you to dream bigger dreams. Maybe God wants you to elevate your faith this morning and believe that He's able to do something in your life that you never thought possible. Everybody had a reason for coming this morning. Some of you came because, well, it's what you do on Sunday. Some came out of obligation. Some came because your spouse pushed you or your children pushed you. Some came to bring your kids. Some came because you had a promise of lunch and fellowship afterwards. Some came out of need today. 
Some came out of responsibility and some came just because you have a dream birthed within you and you know that if you're going to ever see that dream come to pass that you're going to have to be here where God can, can help you birth that dream. I'm preaching about dreaming because it's a challenge for you to renew and restore within you the passion and the desire of the dream. There's a great need within every one of us, particularly in the church, to renew and to revive the dream. We're moving into a season we call the revival season. Truly, revival is a cycle, has a cycling effect in all of our lives. There are things that every now and then we need a revival. We need to restore and renew something that we have lost. Sometimes we need a rebirthing that something new and fresh is birthed in us and we begin to see uh, from a new point of view. We receive fresh inspiration. So these things are very close. But whatever it is this morning, I want to speak to you about the dream. I want to talk to you this morning about a dream. Maybe it's something from years or days gone by that you have forgotten about and you have put on the back burner. Or maybe you've just misplaced somewhere along the way in the clutter of life. You have allowed the dream just to be set on the sideline and you have, you have put the dream somewhere uh, on a shelf and walked away from it. You know where it's at. But you chose maybe because of a hurt, a disappointment, maybe because it didn't come to you as quickly as you had hoped for. Whatever it may be today, I'm calling for you, I'm reaching for you, and I'm preaching to you today because I felt the nudge of the Holy Ghost to come to this pulpit this morning. And without a shadow of a doubt, I'm here under the divine direction of the Lord to speak to somebody and tell you that God wants to revive a dream within you. Some of you it may be a calling, some of you it may be a ministry, some of you it may be to go to a deeper level or a higher height in God. Whatever it is, I want to tell you today that that dream can be rebirthed, but you've got to allow that dream to come back to your memory. You've got to clear the clutter that has filled your mind and reach the point of asking God, Lord, let the dream become fresh in my mind this morning. Sometimes life has a way of hindering or destroying our dreams. It, it seems as though the morning light blurs and blends in with the dream that only a few hours earlier was so real and tangible before us. But I come today to tell you that somewhere through the night God gave us a dream. I want you to understand with me today that most of the time your dreams come on the bright side of the night. Let me help you with it. Most of your dreams do not happen when you first fall asleep. It seems like that's when it comes, but those who study dreams tell us that we fall asleep and we get into the very deepest part of sleep. And then comes the dream. And sometimes we are awakened out of a deep sleep and we come out of the deep sleep and then the dream is so vivid. Sometimes dreams seem more like nightmares because it brings about tragedy or thought of things that bring discomfort or pain or sorrow or grief in our life. We wake up and we hope that it is only a dream. I've, I've had dreams before and woke up and gone in and checked on my kids because 
they were horrible dreams. I've had dreadful dreams. I've had dreams before when I've awakened and I've reached over to touch my wife to make sure she's still breathing. Anybody ever had that kind of dream? I've had dreams that are inspired by chilly in the evening. But I have had dreams that are inspired of the Lord. And I have had dreams that did not only come at nighttime, but I have had God-inspired dreams and visions that the Lord has birthed in my spirit. But let me relate them and compare them and draw a parallel between physical, natural dreams and spiritual dreams. Because most often, a spiritual dream will come on the bright side of the midnight hour in your life. Do I need to help you a little more? Sometimes you walk through dark days of your life. You walk through failure. Sometimes you fail God. Sometimes you disappoint yourself, disappoint your family. You disappoint people around you. Sometimes the struggle in your life is so dark. The night is so dark. You go through seasons that you cannot hear the voice of God. Am I here by myself this morning? Somebody ought to talk back to me a little bit today when I talk about where you are. Sometimes dreams come when it's been a long time since you've even felt God. And you feel like you're going through the motions because you have not felt God and God has not talked to you and you have not heard from God. And it's been a long, dark night and somewhere in the wee hours of the dark time of your life, God speaks a little dream into your life. And it's that dream and sometimes because of what we have been through, we say, no, I'm not going to tell anybody about what God spoke to me or God put in my spirit because I know the darkness and disappointment that I have just been through and there is no possible way that I'm going to ever share with anybody because they may expect more out of me than what I'm able to give or what I'm able to do but I speak and preach to you this morning and tell you under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost the devil is a liar you need to rebuke him this morning and tell him my darkness is over God has given me a dream and my faith in God I'm going to stand this morning and remember the dream and share the dream and talk about the dream. Now if you would go back to read the first chapter of Daniel you would read a story about a man named Nebuchadnezzar who had a dream and the the king Nebuchadnezzar the king wakes up from a deep sleep and he could not remember what his dream was about. So Nebuchadnezzar, being a a man that believed in such, he called together the astrologers and the magicians and the soothsayers and all of those who supposedly were able to interpret the dreams. And he he, he told his servants, bring the magicians and astrologers and bring them all in to me. And when they came in, they had a job to do. Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed a dream, but he had forgotten what he had dreamed. 
So when the magicians came in, they, they were a bit puzzled because it was a bit unusual for them to be called in. Not only, they, they often perhaps were called in to interpret a dream and tell somebody what the dream meant. And, and, and they were able to interpret it, but... but this is a different story. Nebuchadnezzar had forgotten his dream and he calls in the magicians and the, those involved in witchcraft and he told them, tell me what your dream, what my dream was. And they, they're puzzled and perplexed at how the king would expect them to interpret a dream that he couldn't even remember himself. Earlier in that passage, you're going to find that many of the magicians simply made up stories and, and they just begin to say things to the king and trying to, to work one for another and they told him myths and stories and the king became wroth with them and he, he, he would try, they would try to interpret his dream and try to get his dream together. These, these men could interpret dreams with ease. It was their job. They knew how to interpret a dream and give meaning to something. It was done by the power of Satan that was upon them through the work of magic and astrology. And they would share these evil things with him. But now the king has thrown them a curveball and he, he had lost his dream. And he wanted them to tell him what he had dreamed. But they're confused because nobody ever asked them. The king has lost his dream. So when they began to share all sorts of myths and tales and began to say things to the king that he, the king knew better, he knew what they were doing, he was a wise king, they began to tell him things and he said, no, that's not the king. He became so wroth as they began to falsely answer him to try to only receive the payment for interpreting the dream, the dream that the king became so upset that he, he began to declare that he would cut them into pieces and destroy their home and destroy their family because they were falsely representing the king. So in the middle of their desperation to find an answer, they, they, they went one to another and they said, I, I remember a man that, that was sent from God and that man whose name was Daniel. Daniel was one that was able to interpret dreams and when they reached the point that they couldn't do it they thought that for the salvation of their own life that they would turn to one that was ordained of God and had the power of God working in his life and he could come and interpret the dream. Isn't it amazing how evil people will first try by the slide of hand to figure out things, but when it reaches a certain point, they'll stop with all of their voodoo and witchcraft and all of their holistic measures of trying to deal with things, and they'll finally turn to a man of God and declare, we're at an end, we don't know what to do, and we have nowhere else to turn to. And they turn to God. Daniel was an interpreter of dreams. So they went to Israel and they got Daniel and they brought Daniel back before the king. And the king says to Daniel, Daniel, if you will give me back my dream. I don't know how you're supposed to give back a dream that somebody has lost. 
But I come to you this morning and I come to you trying to preach to you in this manner this morning. I want to give somebody back your dream. It may not be within my humanistic power. I know it's not. I'm not wise enough, smart enough. There's no possible way that I can give you back your dream within my flesh. But I pray somewhere within the power of the resurrection of the Holy Ghost that is within me that by preaching this morning that somebody walked in this room that had forgotten your dream, put your dream on a shelf, left your dream on the back corner somewhere, folded your dream up in a napkin, buried your dream somewhere. I pray by the power of the Holy Ghost today that there is a resurrection of dreams. And if I can this morning, this preacher is going to do his very best to cause you to remember when God first spoke life into you and began to give you a dream that was not given by anybody. Come on somebody I come today to tell you there is a dream that God put within you and the devil wants you to believe that it was a dream made up in your mind. But God come this morning through a man that he has spoken to and I come to this podium today to tell you that dream was real and that dream is alive. Dream that dream again. I feel bold in the Holy Ghost today. I'm going to preach to every backslider in the room. I'm going to preach to every person that's walked away from your dream and tell you when you first when you first dreamed the dream, it was of God. And you've lost the dream. And you've forgotten about the dream. But the Holy Ghost that is wanting to work in your life sent a messenger to you today to tell you, dream that dream again. So Daniel, so Daniel tells his dream, and he tells the king what he had dreamed. And Daniel then interprets the dream. But it was not the dream that Nebuchadnezzar wanted. The dream Daniel gave the king was a warning of the king's own condition and his own spiritual state. So maybe this message today is a call to somebody or a warning to somebody. Maybe this is an opportunity for somebody to make a change in the right direction in your life. I ask you this morning, what is it holding you back from your dream? What life is holding you back from your dream? What things have you put in your life that's keeping you from your dream? I'm pausing this morning because I want it to set in deep in your mind. When God birthed a dream in you, It was divine and it was holy and he put it in you and you allowed the things of your life and the things of this world to snuff out your dream. Somebody in this room may have allowed your friends and the people you were hanging out with 
to rob you of your dream. There's a Jacob in the house this morning that all of his brothers tried to destroy his dream, but in the end he kept on dreaming. I wish the spirit of Jacob would rise up in somebody this morning and you would declare it does not matter. I wish I wish somebody today, I wish there'd be a spirit of Joseph that would rise up today. Their Bible is full of dreamers, people that dream dreams and they allowed other people to get in the way of their dream. I come this morning to rebuke that in the name of the Lord and tell you that God sent me today to remind you that the dream he gave you is greater than whatever friend, whatever foe, Whatever addiction, whatever problem, whatever you brought into your life, the dream is bigger than the problem. Maybe this message is a wake-up call for somebody who has forgotten your dream. Maybe somebody in this room today came in the door. Maybe you forgot where Jesus brought you from. The Apostle Paul reminds us we need to stir up our pure mind by way of remembrance. Some of us this morning need to think about where we were when God saved us. You need to remember the pit from which you were digged, as I believe the one writer said it. You need to remember he reached way down for some of us. He reached way down in the pit of sin. He reached way down in the, in the in through, he reached way through a lot of junk to get to where some of, you remember where you were when God saved you? Anybody remember the lifestyle you were living when God saved you? I got about 20 people that remembers where you were when God saved you. Could you reach over, wake up your neighbor and ask them this morning, do you remember where you were when God reached down and saved you? Come on, ask your neighbor, do you remember where you were when God, you remember the road you were on? Do you remember the path you were on? Do you remember when he reached way down? And well, come on somebody, I'm trying to wake up your memory this morning. I'm trying to help you remember where you were when he brought you. You remember the sin that you were in? You remember the lifestyle you were living. You remember the drugs, the alcohol, the nicotine, the addiction, the affliction. Come on, you remember where you were when he reached down and he saved you and then he put a dream in you and somewhere along the way you have lost the dream. You need to go back and remember where you were. You need to go back and remember where he brought you from. And when you get a new fresh memory of where he brought you from, that dream will begin to become a reality in your life. Oh, somebody ought to pause a moment and thank God that he brought you out of the miry clay. He set your feet upon a rock. Come on, somebody ought to thank God for, for where he brought you from. You ought to get more in your spirit. You need to pray through and get filled with the Holy Ghost afresh and anew. When I think about where he brought me from, when I think about how he brought me out, when I think about what he saved me from, kept me from, puts a praise in my heart. It puts a hallelujah in my mouth because I remember the pit from which I was digged. Sometimes the dream is so lofty 
The dream is so much bigger than the dreamer. The dream is so much bigger than the dreamer. I've always been a dreamer kind of guy. I've always never had a problem dreaming dreams. I, 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 that was never a problem for me. But sometimes there would be moments that God would put a dream within me. And I would begin to see things that seemed impossible. I, I remember... I remember when God called a young preacher to a church that it did not seem possible. I, I, remember, I, I remember when we called prayer meeting and had three or four show up to prayer meeting. I remember when our Wednesday nights would have 30 or 40 was a good number, 50 was a great number. We were bragging about it. I remember when growth began to come and a dreaming preacher started talking about building a new building. And it seemed like it was a lofty dream that was impossible. We started talking about needing more parking space and more seats. We started talking about a revival. We started talking about church growth. Not everybody caught the dream. Not everybody caught it too soon. For some, it took a little while. I've never had a problem dreaming a God-given dream. But sometimes our dreams are so lofty that we are afraid to even share them with somebody. Sometimes our dreams are so big, we're afraid people will scoff at us and laugh at us if we really talk about what our dream really is. I'm not going to go there, in, I don't have the time to go there in detail with you, but I can tell you that that young preacher that God gave a dream to, that dream is in the process. Because where we are as a congregation and where we are as a church is not where that dream and preacher is believing that God is wanting to take this church to. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I come this morning to tell you that this is only a down payment. This is only the beginning. But I see greater things, bigger things in our future, more than we've ever had. The greatest revival has not yet come. The great outpouring has not yet happened. Our greatest services have yet to be had. Because where we're going to, I feel the Holy Ghost so powerful this morning. I feel like David, I could run through a troop and leap over a wall and eat a T-bone steak. I feel the help of the Lord in the house this morning, but I want to tell you that what God has in store for our future, when we first walked into this building and, and we started looking around, you know, sometimes it feels like, wow, this place is full. But if you just stop for a moment and consider that the classrooms are full, and if we brought all the students and the teachers and the youth ministry all out, start filling up, you start looking around and we start saying, man, this place is filling up quickly. You know what? It's just the beginning. Somebody 
stepped over to me this morning and said, well, it's February. Maybe we ought to consider a fast continual. I think that is a great idea. Maybe we ought to come out of the Daniel's fast and go into a chain of prayer and fasting because every February it seems like God starts bringing people to us and people start receiving the Holy Ghost and people start praying through and getting deliverance. Last night in our prayer meeting there was about 70 or 80 people that gathered here in our prayer meeting. I remember I remember Sister Brooks and Sister Desa and my wife and family and a handful of you who used to gather with us about 13 11 years ago. But last night we still have a week to go. About 80. The power of the Holy Ghost swept in. Conviction fell. People who came began to pray back through. People began to get renewed and refreshed. That's what happens when a dream becomes a reality because somebody says there's a dream. God's given us a dream. Let's do this. After our second year of after our second year of prayer and fasting, I was up in the, I remember right where I was standing. I could go back up, up to that point. Brother Newcomer, you might could go there with me because you, you will remember right where, maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but it was impacting to me. We were standing up in the front room, and I said, well, I don't know if we're going to do the Daniels fast. I got a lot of people pushing back on me. I got a lot of people that didn't like it and the frustration, and I'm just, just not real sure. Brother Newcomer looked at me and he said, man, I'm looking forward to it. Think about where the church went to. And he began to speak a word of encouragement. You don't even know. Nine years ago, Brother Newcomer, you started inspiring me. And, and from that moment, I said, you know what? It may just be four or five or a handful of us or 13 that will show up to prayer. But we're going to pray anyway. And we're going to fast anyway. And before long, that dream begins to grow and become larger and become greater. Some of your dreams are bigger than where you are but give it time it may be five years ten years down the road but before long your dream can come to pass some of us our dream is painful it's burdensome it's going to cost us something and we struggle with the dream because we don't want to give up what we have to give up and we don't want to take, we don't want to pay the price or the cost of that dream becoming a reality. But dream on. So Daniel goes to the king and he tells the, the king what he had dreamed. And then he gave the king the revelation or interpretation of the dream. And it wasn't a good dream. It wasn't what the dream, it was a dream telling the king that of his own demise. But nevertheless, the dream was real and was powerful and came to pass. I didn't come today as a messenger of gloom. I didn't come today as a messenger of despair. I didn't come this morning as a messenger to tell you that life is going to fall apart for you. But I come this morning to tell you
that whatever the dream is, as a matter of fact, I feel like that the dream is more connected to the dreamer. I feel like the inspiration of this this morning is that the dream is very connected to the dreamer. And that God is more interested in the dreamer than he is the dream. But if you will allow God to deal with the dreamer, that thing that you dream will come to pass. I know I'm going long this morning and I won't be much longer and you can come get on the music and get ready this morning but I come to tell you child of God we need a dream because we are in a season where the Holy Ghost is being poured out fresh and new. You need to allow the fresh fire of the Holy Ghost to begin to burn within you and allow God to deal with the dream. But I told the group last night there is only one thing that can hinder the will of God and that is the will of man. There's only one thing that can keep a dream that God has put in you from coming to pass and it is the dreamer refusing to allow the dream to unfold in your life. If you this morning would make up in your mind, I'm going to allow the dream to be rebirthed in me. I'm going to embrace the dream. I'm going to, I'm going to, I, I know somebody may, I'm going to tell you, if God given you a dream and you're afraid to tell somebody, come on to me. Come on, tell me your dream. I'll rejoice with you over your dream. I'll rejoice with you over what God spoke. It may seem impossible today. Maybe somebody feels a call. Maybe somebody feels like God has spoken to them about their family. Maybe God has spoken to them about something in your future. It doesn't matter. I'm going to believe it with you this morning because God is wanting to speak to the dreamer and tell the dreamer this morning if you'll yield to me, I will let the dream come to pass. I'll let you remember the dream. I'll bring back to you. I, maybe that's what David meant when he said, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Lord, let me dream that dream again. Renew something in me. Restore something in me. Let me dream again. Let me dream afresh and anew. Somebody today needs to say yes to the Lord. Some dreamer today that's lost your dream needs to stand up from where you are and walk down here to the front of this room this morning and say yes. God, work on the dreamer. Work on the dreamer because you gave me a dream and I left the dream somewhere. I forgot the dream somewhere. But God, I know you're going to do it. I see it coming to pass because I'm yielding the dreamer to you. Oh, in the name of Jesus. That dream's not too lofty for the Lord. It's not too great for Him. God's calling you this morning. He's speaking to every heart in this room today. He's speaking to every person under the sound of my voice today. He's speaking to you today. This is not a time to focus on someone else. This is a time to focus on the dreamer. Everybody in the room standing with me right now, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to make this as easy as possible for you. There's some already come forward. And there's some more that need to join these that are here today. Why don't you push past all of the things that have hindered you and held you back.
step out from where you are today. Maybe you ought to grab your spouse by the hand today and say we're going to resurrect the dream. Maybe you ought to grab your family today and say we're resurrected the dream. It's coming to pass. It's renewed this morning. Come on, there's still room for you to come. No one's looking at you as you walk forward. You can come blend in with these that are here. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, don't leave here this morning. Don't leave here with a dead dream. Let God work on the dreamer today. Let God work on the dreamer today. Calling all dreamers. Come unto me, you, all you which are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come on, bring your burdens to the Lord. Cast them upon Him today. Yes, yes, yes. Come on, hands are lifted high all over the room today. Just say yes to the Lord. Just say yes to the Lord. Say yes to the Lord. Let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost now. Let God speak. Let God work through you now. Let the dreamer live. 